Good morning. It's time to wake up, y'all. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Show. We're here weekdays, 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 Central to 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central. Available on Google Android, Apple iPhone, Facebook Live, and Periscope Twitter. Tap that Armchair Quarterbacks app. Take us anywhere you go. The Armchair Quarterback Show, your first choice for Southern Sports Talk. Good morning, Mr. Justin Waller. Good morning. I don't know much, but I know one thing. Will Fuller didn't need PEDs when DeAndre Hopkins lined up on the same side of the field as him. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mike McGinn. I don't know much, but I know one thing. It's Philadelphia. It's 2020. Let the Jalen Hurts era begin. This Carson Wentz thing, it's over. Forget it. Get rid of it. Can't stand watching it. And the kick down at the 35-yard line, and Sarah Fuller. Happy Thanksgiving. Man, yeah, they just made history. The worst kickoff ever. Y'all know, okay, I'm into football. When a kicker kicks the ball, they're supposed to run down the field and be in position to tackle. Not her. She ran straight off the field. You know why? Because she's a girl. <laughs> she tries, she tried to make contact with them big-ass dudes. If I was catching the ball, I'd be like, where the girl at? <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, run. come on, Sarah. Come get some of this. You want some equality? I'm going to run your ass over. Vanderbilt, y'all should change y'all's name, man. Yeah. Change what? it from the Vanderbilt Commodores to the Vanderbilt Social Justice Warriors. Yeah. I was going to say something else, but what it got taken down. <laughs> armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer. Hey, howdy, hi, top of the morning to you. Welcome to the Armchair Quarterback Radio Show. I'm Matt McGee sitting alongside Justin Waller and Stephen Trosh. Stephen, how the hell are you this morning, sir? I'm doing great. I, I, I am doing a lot better uh, than any Eagles fan is right now. God. Man, I know they spent $137 million on him, but it's time to kick that to the curb. Justin, how the hell are you, sir? Oh, trying to regain my composure after that intro. Uh, That's the Hodge twins for people who don't recognize their voice. That got me laughing so damn hard, I had to record it and put it on for today. <laughs> after after the bit that I did yesterday, which wasn't nearly as funny. That I mean, that got me laughing so damn hard. There was much, too, much more to that video. Y'all should really look into looking that uh, video up. But anyways, how goes it, sir? Uh, going good. Uh, yeah, I'm like Steven, better than Eagles fans. Man, I'll tell you what. Um, I just... I don't understand how you can keep bringing a guy out there. What well, His stats, I'm looking at him right now, 25 of 45 for 215 yards. I don't care that he had two touchdowns. He also had his interception with sacked six times. 25 of 45, 215. That's, for, for quarterback standards, that's below the Mendoza line. I'm ready to see Jalen Hurts to see what the hell he can do. At least let them split time. At least it be, like they brought him in for a couple of plays here and there. Man, let the guy go in there and actually get a series under his belt. Do do a few series here and there, right? Don't just use them as as like a wildcat option or or something a little different that you have to plan for. It's it's time to give him the reins. I'm not saying you're going to give up on Carson Wentz altogether because 
you spent so much money on him and nobody wants him in a trade, you're kind of stuck with him. But it's time for him to at least watch the game. Maybe if you watch the game from the sidelines, it would help him out. Um, any good thing to take away from this game last night other than uh, DK Mac Metcalf cannot be guarded by anyone? Uh, I'll start with you, Justin. Uh, no, that's essentially it. Uh, <laughs> Takeaway was the defense that showed up. It was a bad night to take the over. Um, that that was the only thing I found. Was that surprisingly enough, uh, Seattle's defense decided to travel, and uh, that was it. Steven, what say you? I mean, I, I don't know what ha what happened. I mean, I know there's injuries, but... I mean, the Eagles are just flat out bad. I mean, like I was thinking about it last night. Like, is it is it too far off to say that the Eagles are almost Jets bad right now? They're pretty darn close. I think the only thing that separates them is that the Eagles still have a pretty good defense. But that defense that defense isn't any good when they're constantly worn down, right? And then by the end of the game. Even if you were in a game like that, look for people who didn't see the see the game. the The final score was not twenty three to seventeen. That was a hail mary junk ball play and a two point conversion that got it to twenty three seventeen. It was twenty three to nine the entire. So when you see that he that he threw two touchdown passes, he threw really one. It was a hail mary tip ball that, that, that was the second touchdown. I can't give that any kind of credit. Yeah, it goes in the stat book, and if you got him for fantasy reasons, for whatever reason you started uh, Carson Wentz, yeah, that helps you. But all in all, it was a terrible, terrible performance. And I'm, I, th I think you're going to start seeing the the guys up top tell Peterson, man, you've either got to bench this guy or we got to bench you. I know they won the Super Bowl three years ago, but that leash is only so long in Philadelphia. Just I'll give you final thoughts on the uh, Monday Night Football game before we switch gears. Uh, I'm just glad it's over. And, uh, yeah, Peterson's got some uh, tough decisions to make. But uh, I'm with you guys. Why don't we see some Jalen Hurts a little bit more consistently, consistently than uh, play here, play there. And I think, like you said, it's, it could be the good wake-up call that Wentz needed. Steven, what say you? Yeah, I mean, it's something is just not right out there. I, I, they, they need to get it figured out. I mean, give give Wentz a, not give Wentz give Hertz a shot. I mean, I don't think Wentz is fully like done, but something clearly happened like in the between last year and now that where he's fallen off the table completely. I think it started two seasons ago, but yeah, definitely between last year and this year, he, he he's gotten even worse. I mean, he, I mean, he's not much much better than Kendall Hinton was on Sunday. I mean, you know, we're talking about a wide receiver. It's he's a little better, but it wasn't much better. The decision making was just atrocious. Okay, we're gonna take a really quick break. We'll be back in ninety seconds, and then we're diving into fantasy football. Keep it locked in here on the Armchair Quarterbacks CBS Sports Radio. If the two of you got through twenty twenty together, you can get through anything. This holiday, make it official with a stunning engagement ring from Shane Company. Create your unique ring in three easy steps. Simply pick a setting. Choose a natural diamond, ruby, or sapphire center stone. 
Then add your own touch, like a decorative crown or a personal engraving. Here's another option. Select one of our perfectly preset engagement rings. Each of these rings is already set with the shape and size center stone that our designers envisioned, which means that your ring will be perfect. Because our quality standards are the highest in the industry, we're able to guarantee your ring for free for life. This year and every year after, we'll be here for you. Now you have a friend in the jewelry business, Shane Company and Shaneco.com. Open weekdays 10 till 8, Saturday 10 till 5, and Sunday noon till 5. Make contact. A collective psychosis is sweeping the nation. We're in the thick of the haze craze, and Elysian is introducing an altered state of IPA. Contact Haze is a tangled chemistry of mild haze, low bitterness, and an explosion of hop aroma. This hazy IPA bursts with notes of bright raspberry, currant, citrus, guava, and passion fruit. Available in six-pack cans in stores and in all Seattle Elysian locations. Make contact. Layer the running back. Back to throw. Floats it down. Corner of the end zone. Gesicki's got it. Touchdown, Miami. Just throw it up high to Mike Gesicki. All out blitz by the Jets. And uh, maybe the guy that goes up higher than anybody on this team to get the ball. Mike Gesicki comes down with it. There's a yellow rose in Texas. I'm going there to see. No other fella knows her. Welcome back here to the armchair quarterbacks. She cried so when I left her, it like to broke my heart. And if we ever As we are riding shotgun here with you on CBS Sports far. Radio, Armchair Quarterbacks app and Facebook Live. Man, I really hate when I wake up to uh, a new update for Facebook and I have to log in in the mornings to put the show on and everything looks totally different. It doesn't look any, I honestly think the thing looks more like it did about 15 years ago than it does look modern. I don't know what the hell they did, but anyways, I don't get uh, a lot of emails asking me my opinions on that kind of stuff, so we'll go ahead and move on. Uh, let's go ahead and start with, um, first of all, the issue at hand. They've moved the game once again from today, Baltimore-Pittsburgh, Tuesday night. to the, Now they've punted it to Wednesday morning. At or sorry, well, well, might as well be morning Wednesday afternoon at three forty, and a lot of people have a lot of questions about that. And I'm going to go ahead and address the main question. Yes, that is still going to count for Week Twelve fantasy. So if you have one of the defenses, any of the offensive players, that's going to count for Week Twelve fantasy. So with that being said, real quick, Stephen, I'll throw this to you. You obviously have to start whoever you got left because you don't have any other option because there's one game left. But do you like certain players over others? In other words, if people have multiple players in the game, if they've got Claypool and they have uh, Deontay Johnson, or maybe they have Benny Snell and they also have, uh, I, I guess it would be a Gus Edwards is the default for for Baltimore this week. Is there any players that you like one or the over the other, or is it a crapshoot at this point? They've been postponed so much. I mean, there's so many players out on both sides that you really it's really hard to project what's actually going to happen. 
Are you doing any kind of DFS for that game? Not even in the slightest bit. <laughs> Terrified of it. I, I'm not even. I'm not even stepping foot on that. I actually had a pretty good DFS weekend, but uh, I'll get into that down the road. Um, Justin, from the actual game standpoint, so Pittsburgh had the option that I guess the league let it up. Let it up to them is that they could either play um, Baltimore Wednesday or this game could be punted to maybe a week 18 type of scenario, which would be the first game put into there. And Pittsburgh wanted no part of that. They want to try to play the the Ravens now as opposed to later because the Ravens are so depleted that they uh, have to put what they have out on the field I don't really understand why it was punted back an extra day. There, I, from what, everything that I read is overabundance of, of caution. Uh, it gets to the point where it's a, it's an abundance of ridiculousness because you keep pushing it back and pushing it back and pushing it back. These are these are top tier athletes, and there it doesn't appear that there's been any more of an outbreak other than the ones that have already been quarantined. So I don't understand why they punted the game back again. And then the funny part of this entire situation is. People want to know why it's 340 and not a night game. Well, NBC had already con- contractually obligated to, I kid you not, y'all, the lighting of the Christmas tree in Times Square is trumping the uh, Raven Steelers. It's for obvious reasons. You can't televise the lighting of, a, of the Christmas tree during the daytime. And I guess they had to do it on Wednesday night. Times Square wouldn't wait an extra night or I'm not exactly sure how, how that, how that worked out, but that, that part itself is pretty funny. There's a lot of NFL fans that are mad about it. And it's like, <laughs> sorry, dude, I guess, I guess they get big ratings or it was going to, or they were going to lose out on a lot of money. So instead they're going to put the NFL game, a game that would have been Thursday night, Thanksgiving, all eyes on it is now going to be in the middle of a Wednesday afternoon where, where most people are, are back to work. Big picture, Justin, what, what, do you see, I don't know, any kind of advantage one way or the other? I mean, I guess for the Steelers, uh, they, they get to get the game in and uh, face the Ravens now versus opposed to later. Uh, but, no, I think it's a disadvantage to both because then they're going to turn right back around in week 14 and play them, what, three days? You take uh, Thursday off, uh, you get ready Friday, Saturday, and you go again Sunday? No, that game's been pushed to Monday. They've already pushed them to Monday. Yeah, they pushed that to Monday, and they pushed the other. Uh, I want to say Steelers play Monday and Baltimore plays Tuesday, but it might be it might be in reverse. But, but they've uh, punted both of those games. So next week we're going to get a doubleheader on Monday night football and we're going to get a, a game on Wednesday on Tuesday because there was already a game that was punted to uh the doubleheader I guess it well Dallas Dallas was supposed to play Pitts uh Baltimore on Thursday night this week that game got moved to Monday night of next week and now that game has been moved to Tuesday night and the Pittsburgh game has been moved to Monday afternoon I'm just trying to watch a game. Just tell me when it's on. Doubleheader, <laughs> doubleheader Monday starting at five Eastern, and then there'll be the eight o'clock Eastern game on Tuesday. I really think this is going to lead long term into we're going to see a lot of damn uh, 
Monday night doubleheaders down the road or, or Tuesday night football. I think I, I think that's what we're going to start seeing. The, the NFL is going to start just foaming at the mouth of getting games on almost every single night. Uh, let's go ahead and get into some panic or chill questions. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw these names out at y'all and uh, just tell me, fantasy football-wise, are you panicking or chilling right now? Uh, Steven, if you got Deshaun Watson – and you've lost now his best receiver. And obviously he lost his best, best receiver in free agency. Are you panicking or chilling if you're a Deshaun Watson owner? I'm panicking a little bit, but, I mean, he he's still one of the top, like, top five quarterbacks in the league. It's like That's not even a question. It just depends on the health. If, if he gets Randall Cobb back, I mean, it's I know it's not much, but I think he can make it work with, the, with those two tight ends and uh, Brandon Cooks. Justin, if you had Derek Carr as your fantasy quarterback after that negative performance that he put out against the Falcons defense on Sunday, was that just laying one egg or are you are you uh, panicking at this point? I mean, I, I guess you got to ride with him at this point, and I'm going to hope it's laying one egg. Uh, obviously, he probably got you there if you're in the situation to uh, where you're playing Carr, and uh, I think you got to roll with it. Steven, Zeke Elliott, panicking or chilling? Panic, panic, panic. He just doesn't look good. I mean, he's just I, – I, I've always been not the highest on him or as high as some other people have been, but he's really getting exposed now without, without that offensive line, without a good passing game. Until Drew Brees comes back, Justin, Michael Thomas, panic or chill? <laughs> uh, I panic, I guess. I never panicked. I never got to use them, so it's all right. <laughs> the worst big time blockbuster trade ever in the history of fantasy sports. Zeke Elliott for Michael Thomas. They've both been freaking duds. Although I think in the end, Michael Thomas ends up doing better than Zeke. If you look at the importance of the games that he actually. I know, I know Zeke might have more fantasy points at this point, but really, it's bad, man. It's bad when he tricks you and you start him on a, on a Thursday because you're like, well, I can't bench him against the Redskins, and then he goes out there and pops out for two points, and you've got all these other options you could have started. Any of them would have been better than him. Um, Steven, Alvin Kamara, same question. Until Taysom Hill comes back, are you panicking or chilling? Um, I'm panicking. I mean, Kamara is actually the one that's like that's been most neg negatively affected now. I mean, with uh, Taysom Hill taking so many of those carries away, and a lot of those carries would have been uh, passes to Kamara. I mean, it's it's not good. I mean, Kamara's just not getting anywhere near the work. I mean, and they're playing Lat uh, Latavius Murray a lot more. The Saints fan may not buy this, but the fantasy football fan buys this. I think that offense would be better off with Jameis Winston. At least, if he's turning the ball over, they'd have to open up the offense, and they would have to go. They're 100%. just playing like a a 1922s offense right there. That and by the way, that offense is going nowhere in the playoffs without Drew Brees. I know a lot of people thought that maybe Taysom Hill could be the future after that week one, and now you see it. Defensive has has, has adjusted, and they shut him down, and they shut him down. 
to a degree where you're talking about a team that's hamstrung without a quarterback. Can you imagine a team that could actually move the ball and put them behind the eight ball, so to speak? What if the Saints were playing on the road against a team that could put up some points and they were down 7 nothing or 10 nothing early on? It's you, That's a panic right there because you can't chill. Because, I mean, what are you going to do, start running the wishbone? Because at that point, I, just, I don't know. Taysom Hill is just terrible football to watch. I don't mind him as a gimmick. It's just... He, he's not an NFL quarterback. Um, <laughs> Justin, the Philadelphia wide receivers, if you have any of them, are you panicking or chilling? <laughs> I'm panicking. I mean, who's going to throw him the rock? Steven. Steven, C-H-E, are you panicking or chilling? I'm still chilling at this point. I mean, it's he's, like, he's kind of been hit or miss all season. I mean, he's still in the best situation anybody could ever ask for. So, and one last for you, Justin, Johnny Smith, panic or chill? I'm going to chill and hope that uh, they, they they get it back going again. But uh, yeah, Frixer has definitely been the uh, better tight end down the stretch. Steven, one last question for you: Daniel Jones looks like he might be out for a week or two. If you got Sterling Shepard, who had a very uh, advantageous schedule down the stretch, are you panicking or chilling? Um, I'm actually chilling on Shepard because I mean, I, I, like you know, McCoy's not going to take as many of those deep shots. So I mean, that actually may be a boost for him because he'll get a lot of those um, uh, shorter throws. Okay, and uh, let's go ahead and get into the six pack to go. Um, hey. Mr. Bartender, please don't be so slow. I've got time for one more round and a six-pack to go. Okay, this is a fantasy football six-pack to go. And uh, Stephen, we'll start with you. What's your first one? This is one I've been uh, kind of pounding the table for hard a little bit in the um, my waiver wire my waiver wire article on Times View. Uh, Cam Akers has really started to uh, look like the best back in Los Angeles. He had nine carries, 80, 84 yards and a touchdown on Sunday. I mean, the next best was uh, Darrell Henderson on uh, 19 yards for 10 carries. I, th I think it's I, I got it. He's he's due to get some more work, and he has a pretty decent uh, schedule coming up with the Cardinals, Patriots, and Jets. So I mean, he he could be a league winner. It, if you, if you it does it concern you a little bit that, that most of that came off of one run? I mean, a little bit, but I mean, he's he like he's been getting more and more work every week. He's looked better and better every week, and it's not like Malcolm Brown and Henderson have been tearing like you know tearing. The no, it, off. and I get that too. I, I'm not even arguing. I'm just you know being the contrarian and, been, and putting that out there because if I pick him up or if I have him, I'm still a little gun shy to start him. But I'm at the point now where I'd probably start him over freaking Zeke Elliott. I can tell you that right now. Uh, Justin, what, what's, your, what's your first uh, six-pack to go? Well, Akers was going to be it, so I will punt and go with uh, the old man Frank Gore himself. Uh, of the Waving Wire running backs, he's the only one you know that's going to be getting the most carries. Um, so the potential is there, the upside. Un unbelievable. This guy's like 90 and out there and, and, and still performing at a decent level. I mean, he's not going to blow up. He's We're not saying he's going to go for 150 and three touchdowns, but when the guy's getting close to 20 carries, 
he's going to stumble forward for 80 yards and could find his way into the end zone. That could yeah, just, that could win you a, a game down the stretch or even a playoff game. Just came off of 18 carries, 74 yards, three catches for uh, 12 receiving. I mean, not, not great numbers, go, but that, uh, better than yards. Zeke Elliott. Yeah, blew I mean, Zeke out of the water. It's a damn that much better. Uh, I'm, my my number one this week. I'm going to go with uh, Devonte Booker of the uh, the Raiders. Uh, him, him and Jacobs are, are, are starting to uh, I'm gonna kill that. Uh, him and uh, uh, Acres are uh, sorry, I said Acres. Who the hell was I talking about? Booker, B- Booker and Jacobs are are starting to split time, and Booker from time to time, it's kind of like the hot hand that they ride. You could get. Booker in a good game. So Devontae Booker's my, my number one. At least if you have Jacobs, you probably at least want to handcuff him there because Jacobs did get a little banged up, but he'll probably play this weekend. Um, Steven, what's your next one? Number two is uh, Alan Lazard. He's finally back and healthy, and as soon as he gets back in the game, he's uh, number two in targets behind Devontae Adams. I mean, that's not that may not pay off every single week, but that kind of volume is – Really, that that kind of role in a high vault in a high uh, octane pass offense is something that, like I, I always like to target. I mean, he's, he's got a really good schedule coming up. He's got Philadelphia, Detroit, Carolina, Tennessee. There's some boom potential in there. And Justin, who's your uh, last one in the six pack? I'm gonna go uh, Nelson Aguilar. Um, I, I know they're coming off that horrible performance but keep in mind it's got to be better than right like that's got to be their floor that's got to be Uh, he's had five touchdowns past eight games and uh, he's got matchups against the jets this week chargers and uh dolphins coming up in week 15 and 16 if you're if you're searching for a quarterback i would say maybe take a stab at ryan fitzpatrick but i'm gonna go ahead and put this out there because when Fuller has been injured in the past, they have leaned on Kiki Kuti. And I'm going to say go ahead and take a, take a chance on him. But it might be one of those deals where you you pick him up and you wait for him to burn you. And you, you, you know, in other words, he may not be a bad option, but I don't know if I would go out and start him immediately because it still makes me a little nervous because they have so many other players that are about on his level. Um, we didn't even mention Brandon cooks. So I just, I don't know it. I, I'd be a little worried if I was Deshaun Watson owner. And I was so glad that I didn't make that trade in, in a dynasty league, um, that I'm in that I had an opportunity to bring in Deshaun Watson and I ended up bringing in Lamar Jackson. The Jackson has struggled. Deshaun Watson looking forward, unless they do something big time in free agency, what the hell is he going to, Will Fuller's a free agent next year, so he he may not even be back. Steven, I know you got to run. What is your walk-off, sir? Uh, check out um, me on Twitter, Texas Trosh. Like I'll have the uh, waiver, I'll get the Week 13 waiver, waiver Wire article posted later on. Going go into a little, bit, uh, little bit more detail on everything. Okay, brother. Well, we will see you on Sunday for the uh, kickoff show. Uh, be safe. All right. Have a good day, guys. We'll be back in a flash here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. When we come back, we're going to get into a few things, including the 49ers don't have a job. I don't, don't have a job. They don't have a home. Yet, 
the irony is rich. We'll, we'll be back in a flash to explain why. You come at the king, you best not miss. ACC football covered like no other here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. And back pedaling Lawrence flips it open, wide open. Justin Ross off and running. The Alabama native wins the foot race and Clemson strengthens its grip on this championship game. Wow, gut punch by Clemson right there. Akers breaks free. Cam Akers in the clear foot race. They finally spin him down at the five. The electric play the nose needed. He wants another deep shot. Drops it in. That's a goal run. That's a Kane's touchdown. He pitches it to Cersei. Cersei lunges into the end zone. And the Yellow Jackets score again. Armchair Quarterback Radio is ACC country. Fantasy Sports is back, and it's time to jump into DraftKings. Go to DraftKings today at DraftKings.com. Golf, NASCAR, soccer, you name it. And, of course, Major League Baseball, basketball, hockey, and football are on the way. Go to DraftKings.com. Listen to the armchair quarterbacks for DFS advice all year round. We are the Armchair Quarterback Show, your first choice for sports talk live from the First Coast. Here in St. Augustine, Top Gun Supply is the friendly gun shop. Top Gun Supply stocks a wide range of firearms. They buy and sell used guns. Top Gun Supply at 525 State Road 16 in St. Augustine, the friendly gun shop. A proud sponsor of the Armchair Quarterbacks. You're riding Morning Shotgun with the Armchair Quarterback. We're here weekdays on WAOC 96.5 FM, 1420 AM, and streaming on the Armchair Quarterbacks app. Download it today. Your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast. There must be some kind of way out of here. Say the joker to the thief. Make sure to listen to the Armchair Quarterbacks. Primetime drive time. Armchair Quarterback Show on Facebook Live and make sure to tap that app. The Armchair Quarterbacks app. Google Android. Apple iPhone. Good enough for us down here in the Bible. Go Tigers and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Fergus, wait a minute. Uh, do you think you can get me a tape of the show? What on earth for? Well, how often do you get to hear your song on the radio? I'm on the radio every day! Here's the kick. Right-footed boot from goal, and he got it. And for the second year in a row, the San Francisco 49ers celebrate a game-winning field goal to sweep Los Angeles. 23-20 is the final from SoFi Stadium. Four in a row in the series for San Francisco. She thinks my tractor's sexy. It really turns her on. Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks, CBS Sports Radio, Armchair Quarterbacks app, and Facebook Live. Hope you all are having a good Tuesday. Justin and I take you all the way to the top of the hour here. Uh, Justin, um, looking at uh, the 49ers are being forced to play in Arizona. 
at least two of the next three weeks. They have two home games. Santa Clara County in California has deemed it unsafe to play contact sports, even though there is no evidence, which was a statement actually put up by the NFL, there's no evidence showing that any of this contact is causing any kind of an, of an outbreak of any sort playing on the field. They're being forced to go play in Arizona, which, yeah, one of their division rivals. And it's almost like they're getting no love from the city of Santa Clara, but yet they were out there throwing parades and selling everything you could sell under the sun last year when San Francisco was making their Super Bowl run. And I think it's just incredibly, uh, not just classless, but ungrateful by the Santa Clara government to do what they are doing to the San Francisco 49ers football organization. Shanahan said that when he got off the plane, he had just been slipped a note that said it was being told him, you know, that, that they were going to be able to play for, for the next three weeks because the news had just been broken. And he was getting off the plane to get ready for the Rams game on, on Sunday. And he said the first thing he started getting was comments and questions by players of, well, what does this mean? What are we going to do? Are we having to move? Are we going to have to uproot? Da-da-da-da-da. We've got families. What the hell is this? Da-da-da-da-da. San Francisco, to their credit, somehow stayed focused and, and won out, went out and, and won on Sunday. But, man, this has got to be a huge, huge hurdle for them to clear as they are actually in the NFL playoff race, the NFC playoffs race. That win last Sunday was crucial. What say you? Man, we thought uh, making announcers wear masks inside the broadcast booth while separated by plexiglass and distance. Uh, was dumbfounding. Uh, this one takes the cake. Um, and it just really sucks. Same for the city, team by the place. way, right? Same city. Yeah. We yeah. should we, we should have saw it coming. We, we should have saw it coming. I'm just waiting for Cuomo to to do some something to do. You know, well, actually, I guess it would be the New Jersey governor. I, I'm I'm just waiting for them to do that to the uh, Jets or Giants. I think Jets fans would be elated, but. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's really sad that. Uh, you go from the the highs of last season to uh, now your your city's kicking you to the curb and you've got to go play in your division. I mean, you're playing in your division rival. I couldn't imagine uh, getting kicked out of Nashville and uh, having to roll down to Jacksonville and be like, hey, Jags, can we borrow your stadium? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's dumbfounding. I'm, I'm a little surprised they didn't find somewhere a tad closer. But they were probably worried that look, who the hell knows next? It could be the Chargers and the and the Rams that they get this thing same thing thrown at them because their mayor has been as shut down and restrictive as any in in all the U.S. But Santa Clara, I mean, basically what the, what they're saying is you're not welcome here. That's really what they're saying. 
because no one's being allowed in the stadiums, so they're not really that concerned about that being spread to the public in the game, right? They're, it's, it's not really a concern. They're basically saying, you're not welcome here. We would prefer that you don't bring anyone into play and that, and that you, you yourself would, would play somewhere else. And I just I just think it's just, I mean, it's, it's sad. It's maddening. Not that I have a dog in the hunt. I'm not a 49ers fan, but I feel for any sports fan and the players themselves. I think that gets left out of this entire thing. They don't think because people a lot of times just, they don't really humanize players like they should. And they're not thinking about the fact, okay, this is one more damn thing that they got to deal with because even when a home game is being played, it's going to feel like a road game. Oh, yeah, it's two more weeks on the road away from your family. I mean, that's... And I don't know, what hasn't been clear to me is if they are allowed to practice at all in Santa Clara. So if they're not allowed to practice, that means they're going to be practicing down in Arizona as well, which means you would have to uproot your family or you just treat it like a, a long business trip each week. I'm with you though. I find it interesting that that was the only location I and must've been, they just wanted, they were worried anywhere else you go in the state of California, which is a really sad statement about California, but you know, you had Oakland, uh, stadium open, you've got one open in San Diego and there's umpteen million colleges in the PAC 12 and, uh, all around that aren't filling their, uh, stadium on Sundays. Uh, nobody's filling them. So they're empty. I, I there was, a lot of different choices. I think it's more of an indictment on the state of California that uh, they had to flee all the way down to Arizona. And once again, you're going to have it's. You know what? It's fitting in some ways though, because there's a max exodus going on, and a lot of people are leaving California to go to Arizona, anyways. Uh, that's one of the reasons why you saw what you saw in the election is that state flipping to to blue is because there's a mass exodus going on. It's going to continue to happen, and just just like in the state of New York, I, I see the numbers every day where they they report people are moving out of the state of New York to come to either Florida or wherever they're going. And it's all come down to the fact, well, it's expensive as hell to live here and it's no longer worth it. Because anyone who's lived in California knows that the great thing about living in California is it's the weather, so much stuff to do. When you lock everyone down, that kind of goes out the window, and then you go somewhere else, and you realize it's not that bad over here compared to California, right? Like California's got its great things, but you also have a very controlling in in your business kind of government, and so that's got a lot to do with it too. But you're going to continue to see it, and it, it, I I feel like they just signed that that lease, but this could have long term effects down the road. I'm talking about 10, 15 years from now. Where with the 49ers say, you, you didn't want us, we're out of here. And I, f I think you and I are both in agreement that we feel like that the Chargers are trying to get the hell out of L.A. before it's all said and done. Um, and I used to think that they'd be heading back to San Diego, but, but now I think the Chargers, just like the Raiders, might be moving out of the state. Reno's starting to look really good, huh? <laughs> A lot of places are starting to look very good. In boot Montana, <laughs> we'll we'll uh, just run a shuttle to get to get people in here. Idaho doesn't have a team. We'll 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 put them in there. 
Um, anyways, it's it, terrible, terrible situation, but we'll move on. Uh, one question that was thrown at me yesterday, I want to make sure I hit on. Michael was wanting to know why is it that Denver had to play with an emergency quarterback, but yet they keep punting the Baltimore-Pittsburgh game. And I think there's two main reasons. A, Denver didn't have a full-blown outbreak. They had contact tracing to one specific position, and so because of that, that's what caused their, their situation, so to speak. So it's a little different. The Baltimore situation was the entire team started getting because because we're getting every position. Uh, Andrews, the tight end, has it. Jackson, the quarterback, has it. Two, I think there might even be three of their running backs now have it. It was a full blown outbreak, and they were trying to make sure because they had already they had just played a game. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, that this wasn't going to continue to spread. As far as I know, we have not had any new cases the last few days. So I, I'm a little dumbfounded that we get it punted again. I think they should have went ahead and played the game on Tuesday, but they're being overly cautious. Whatever. Now, if it comes out today that there's a new case that busts out, then I've got egg on my face, right? And away we go. And they're going to say, "See, we told you." But then at that point, you're you're not going to play the game tomorrow anyway, so you might as well say to hell with it. Um, I guess in theory they could they could push it to Thursday and then do a double header on Tuesday for both teams. It would give them a short week, but it wouldn't give them an incredibly short week. But that's the main reason why you see it. And then also the other big thing was this was supposed to be a nationally televised game, so there was television rights, and they were trying to figure out a way to slide it in because you can't just put it anywhere. So that had a lot to do with it too. Um, I don't. I still can't figure out how it ended. Oh, never mind. I remember now. I was about to say I don't understand because I'm so used to Fox NFL Network doing the Tuesday game. I mean, the, the, the Thursday night game. But last Sunday, last Thursday night was actually supposed to be an NBC game. It was supposed to be the NBC. Uh, Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth were supposed to do that game. So, um but that's that's the main difference. And in your heart of hearts, do you think they get this thing played tomorrow, or, or are we gonna be sitting here talking Thursday about how I don't know they're trying to play it? Th- I'll tell you something else that people haven't may, may not have realized: fantasy football. So you know what this has done now? They have punted free agency till Friday. So your waiver wire picks, you can't pick up anyone. It. You know how it always clears on Wednesday morning? The last time we had this happen, it was a Tuesday game. They pushed it to Thursday. It has now been pushed to Friday. So there's not the, uh, I'm not going to say panic, but there's not the interest of what you do on the waiver wire today and tomorrow like there would have been. It's, it's not been punted all the way to Friday. And, of course, there's no Thursday night game. So that... Um, or is there? Hell. What am I talking about? There's the Thursday night game, isn't there? That had nothing to do with all that. So I don't know how that's going to affect. 
I just realized that that's going to make some some difficult, difficult choices because unless – I'm going to double-check that real quick, make sure they haven't moved that. But unless the Thursday night game – oh, no, that's right. The Thursday night game was supposed to be Dallas and uh, uh, Baltimore. So, yeah, that game's been moved. Okay. So it doesn't affect – I was sitting here thinking for a second if it was two teams that weren't involved that you would have a situation where – um, they're playing a game on Thursday, but you you can't pick up your free agents till till Friday. But that is not the case. Um, we're going into week thirteen though, and um, yeah, I'm just double checking to make sure they didn't change that. Yeah, that's it is. I think I said Steelers on doubleheader on on Monday. That is correct. It's Steelers Ravens on Monday at five. The 49ers-Bills, which is a pretty darn good Monday night game, is going to be the 8 o'clock game. And then the next night is uh, Dallas versus the Ravens. But there is no Thursday night game this week. Well, week Man, we need to f- this is when- the witching hour of uh, fantasy football, Justin. <laughs> it's the last week of the season for, for most leagues. And I think a lot of us have games where we're like, man, if I don't win this or get some hellacious help, I'm, I'm going to be sitting on the sidelines. Yeah, I'll be golfing in a few leagues. Uh, it'll actually end the misery in a couple of them. And then, uh, yeah, I'm like you. I'm in the fin- on the fence uh, on some others. But uh, how about that dud on Sunday night, the uh, Denver Broncos at Kansas City Chiefs? Can we uh, get something flexed in there so uh, we don't have to watch that? Oh, God, I haven't even noticed that. I've been so preoccupied with what's going on this week. Are they really going to roll another wide receiver out at quarterback and uh, make the world watch? I mean, that's a good question. Can they flex that? when? And in years past, I think they had to make the decision on the flex. I think it was by Tuesday. We're sitting at Tuesday. Now, does that change because the season, because the week has been extended from the week before? But... Okay, that's I don't I don't have that scheduled to talk about. But if you're going to flex one game, what would it be? I mean, I would put my two eight and three teams, uh, Browns at Titans. That's, uh, that's going to be a lot more interesting than that one. But even if if you take, I'd rather watch Lions and Bears uh, the, than that garbage. Especially for me in the mid state, that's the game we got stuck. The afternoon uh, Fox game was. Uh, who was it? Saints, uh, Denver this past weekend. That was uh, pretty. Yeah, I would say get to watch. Oh yeah, we got stuck with the uh, Saints and, and Broncos on. I, I guess that was one game, and then the other game was the uh, Tampa Bay game. Is what we got. We got two games on on that day. Um, on the on the four o'clock, the one o'clock was just Jags and Browns, and that's why I took my butt up to the local uh, watering establishment to to watch the uh, the Titans play because there was no way I was watching that again. I was like, man, I've sat here week after week after week after week having to watch. The only full game I get to watch is the Jags, and I just I can't do it anymore. Um, I'm going to plan on doing that again this week because uh, I don't want to miss that Browns game. The only other game that I could see that, that I would flex would be Rams-Cardinals. Yeah, absolutely. We've got some duds when, when it comes to – football games this week you say that but we've got a lot of divisional games so you know that uh 
even as bad as those records show, there'll, there'll probably be some close contestants. Right. Games. Yeah. No, I'm talking about more of like interest. In other words, we don't have usually you, you, you get a handful of interesting matchups, but you look at Dolphins, Bengals, Bengals only have two wins. Jags, Vikings, the Vikings are still in the playoff hunt, but you're talking about the Jags, one win. Colts, Texans, that I think that game will be close, but I guess my point is you don't have many uh, top teams going at it. You've got a lot of divisional matchups, and you've got what should be lopsided victories. Ooh, and the, yeah, the, ch- <laughs> the Giants got to go to the Seahawks without Daniel Jones. Oof. Yeah. How about uh, the Raiders doing a little West Coast, East Coast noon kickoff? They lost it last year. They lost it last year. They got blown out by the Jets last year. I've been circling that for a couple weeks saying that I feel like that's the Raiders, I mean, the uh, Jets' best chance to win. But because they just lost to the Falcons in the fashion that they did, that probably went out the window. Normally, when you get that West Coast, East Coast, it's also a letdown game, too. You don't normally get the West Coast, East Coast thing work out when the team just got blown out 43-6. to And I, I wonder if they'll stay here on the East Coast or if they 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 probably flew back. But, man, the Jets, Sam Darnold, Speaking of other guys, it's time to move on from. I still think Darnold can probably do something elsewhere, but he's got to get away from the Jets. He was ruined by Gase. It's time to move on. They'll obviously draft uh, Lawrence, assuming that they stay in the position that they're at. And you can't have your former top quarterback pick sitting on the bench as a shadow oh, because if Lawrence has one bad game, the people, then there's always going to be that small camp that says, yeah, put Darnold back in. It wasn't his fault. It was Adam Gates's fault. And so he, he's going to be on the cheat. So someone's going to get a good young quarterback. Who's got some potential to be groomed on the cheap on a trade and teams like Tennessee ought to think about doing it where you've got, well, I mean, yeah, look at that last time they got an Adam Gase quarterback. I mean, Tannehill looks like he's doing pretty dead blame good. <laughs> well, I'm also looking at Tannehill signed with a three-year deal in the offseason, right? So he's got two left, and by the time he gets to the end of that, he's he's going to be long in the tooth. Why is Adam Gase still employed? He's 7-20 and 20 as a Jets head coach. Because if you keep Gase employed and running the team for the rest of this year, that ensures you the number one draft pick. If you make a change, they 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 might rattle off a couple of wins. But there's no way you let him draft Trevor Lawrence, correct? No, he's got to be gone. He has got to be gone. There's no. Yeah, I mean he, he's gone, and the next guy's got to have him. Yes, he's got because the thing about that is that that makes your job so much more attractive, right? It's just like the Jacksonville job. I still, you know, you know, we've talked about this a little bit, but I could see Jacksonville going after a Jim Harbaugh. I think it's more likely Harbaugh would just slide over to the Detroit Lions, right? But regardless, the Jacksonville job is not an attractive job unless you have a chance at one of the top quarterbacks. Are you hearing a lot of GM rumblings down there? 
Well, I've heard some interesting ones that I'll ask you real quick, so you can elaborate if okay. you have. Okay, sure. But uh, Lewis Riddick obviously won, maybe making the uh, bounce from the booth back uh, into the offices, or uh, Dimitrioff. The uh, now, granted, hopefully he stays a heck away from Quinn. You don't need that down there. But uh, that's two interesting GM choices. That uh, I, I actually, like- I think it's a good gig in uh, Jacksonville. I think people will want this position. Well, you do have a lot of draft picks coming your way. True. Uh, what would ruin the job is if the Jack, because the Jaguars have been so competitive the last several weeks, is if the Jaguars stumble into like four or five wins somehow, or three wins, or what. Anyways, they screw up their chance. And I'll tell you something else that I that I started this couple weeks ago, and I'm gonna stick by it. People keep thinking that the Jaguars should be going after Justin Fields because they're gonna get the second pick possibly. I say to hell with Fields. They need to be tanking for Trask. Everyone keeps talking about tanking for Trevor Lawrence. Trask looks like the real deal to me as far as an NFL quarterback. I'm not putting Fields down as a as a college quarterback, but I see a lot of the things from Trask, excuse me, um, Fields that I see from a lot of Ohio State quarterbacks that come out where the threat of the RPO gets their receivers wide open, and so they they have these bloated stats in college football, when they get to the NFL, Dwayne Haskins, they they go out there and they just lay an egg because they don't have the accuracy that you need to be in the NFL. When I I watch Trask throw and I watch Trevor Lawrence throw, I see two very, very uh, accurate quarterbacks that seem to make pretty smart decisions. I know that gets stepped up a game when the NFL hits – but I I don't know about you, but I would rather have Trask over uh, over Justin Fields. I could see that. It's hard for me to break down which I would take there. I would still be trying to find a way with some of my draft capital to get Lawrence Wet number one. But uh, who knows? I mean, the Jets might keep Adam Gase, and he might still think Darnold's his guy. Maybe he passes on Lawrence. That would be an Adam Gase straight up move. Man, my dog is just going off today. <laughs> I just <laughs> before I passed out on air, I had to do that, man. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that was at first. And he starts seeping in. I'm telling you, I, I think she lays on the vent sometimes. I can't prove it because I'll go out there and she's not on any vent. But I'm like, I don't think we have a vent on the on any of our, any of our floor anywhere. But somehow, <laughs> it's uh, stronger than other times. Um, I forgot my train of thought. What the hell? <laughs> the uh, winter meetings, by the way, begin in uh, virtually this Sunday. So that should be a lot of, of, of fun. We'll, we'll get into that later in the week. I know you got to run, but before you give me your walk-off, it's snowing up there in Tennessee? Uh, it was. Uh, we, we Ground's covered. School's out. Daddy daycare's open. So uh, it's going to be a... My Very entertaining day. Qu- my question is, what is it looking like for Saturday afternoon in Knoxville? Well, I mean, you remember how Tennessee is. Just wait around an hour and it's going to change. But uh, as of right now, just, just cold. Uh, not showing any precipitation at this moment. Okay. Well, I mean, look, cold isn't going to play well for – University, what time is that? Uh, yeah, they got lucky. It's a 3.30 kickoff. I was 
kind of hoping for your sake that uh well it would be I an say SEC that network. and then uh i update it today and uh 46 28 40 percent chance of snow so um yeah i'll keep you posted daily and we'll see uh how that changes yeah accuweather saying 50 degrees at kickoff but i don't know if that's accurate or not which is ironic because that's it's in their name, AccuWeather, but that doesn't seem from everything that I've l looked at my phone because I was looking at it yesterday. Fifty degrees does, seems very balmy compared to what I was seeing earlier. They they would luck out if it's fifty degrees. If it's fifty degrees, then um, any kind of precipitation works in 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 the favor of uh, Tennessee, I believe, because if it's cold and even if you know even if it's not snowing but it's rainy, that makes that ball a little slick. And maybe you get some uh, incomplete passes. Maybe Trask. I don't know what Trask's background other than playing in Texas and Florida is, but I don't know if he's ever really played it in, in cold weather much. So will, will, he, will he be able to uh, grasp the ball, et cetera, et cetera? Well, this wasn't exactly the, how uh, I had the Tennessee-Florida showdown uh, happening this season uh, when I saw the schedule to begin. But uh, I still have the uh, the chance for a snow game. So uh, enter interested in that maybe that'll be the great equalizer that i uh, still don't think that's enough to help tennessee uh, overcome florida's offense but uh, you never know we'll see i got the 10-day forecast right here for knoxville and we're looking at uh saturday a.m showers it's okay what doesn't make sense it says high of 52 and then over here it says high of 48 so i don't know which is which but 50 percent chance of showers in, in the daytime in uh 10 mile an hour winds you need to ramp those winds up a little more where it has to be a running game that, that's that's what you need you know what the hell everything else as i just said we're pulling for wind we need wind rolling off the rockies <laughs> make it where they have to just chug i think what what screwed them was because floor uh the alabama lsu game is now being played this week so it's going to be the cbs night game i think that screwed them because i think that if that doesn't get played and there's something else that they can put on the cbs 330 game i think florida tennessee would have went to like sec network nighttime which is the key part of it putting on the evening game and that's where i that's what i had envisioned in my head all along was it florida was going to be rolling in there with a big record going to play Tennessee in some less than ideal weather situations and it was going to be a night game and not that the place would be rocking like it normally would because you don't you can't sell the place out but I don't know maybe they'd been that rule that one day <laughs> whoops is there 110,000 people in here whoops sorry Dave we forgot about it uh, but a night game would have been great, but even if we if 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 we can get some rain, and I guess technically it is a night game because around what halftime it's going to be dark, right? Is it true? Is is the sun going down around five o'clock there nowadays? Yeah, I mean I feel like it's four thirty, but yeah, between four thirty and five, it feels like it's nine o'clock. And you got to figure it's it goes up, it goes down pretty early in Knoxville with the mountains and the. Sun being on the West Coast, so yeah. What's your uh, so now that we're going to talk about geography and weather? What is your uh, walk off for the day, sir? Well, I mean, after that, it just shifted on the fly. I need a politician to run next time that will end daylight savings time. Tired of that? Why does it have to get dark at five o'clock? Are you fan? Can we not go to yeah, the Arizona rule like where it. we just set it? You like the two different times? 
yeah. per year. Because I like it being, uh, first of all, I like it. I, in general, I like it being, if we're going to keep it at a time, I would prefer that we keep it, uh, th that it gets brighter earlier. I don't like it when it's dark in the morning. Um, I don't like when I wake up at like six, six thirty, and it's pitch dark, which is what you deal with during the, the summer. But then it's like light till 9 PM. Okay. Do we really need daylight till 9 PM? That's a little asinine. Yes, so, we do. so if I was going to, uh, vote one way or the other i would actually want it to because the thing is if you don't do it it's going to be dark when you wake up it's going to be cold and it's still going to be dark by six o'clock eastern five o'clock central ish so i like having at least some i don't know i i get maybe i'm just used to it now but um I don't mind it. Everyone always gets bent out of shape about it. I'm like, what are you really losing? When it's cold as hell outside, you're not out there, you know, doing jumping jacks and you know in the driveway. So what the hell do we care if if it's if it's dark at six seven o'clock at night? Because you need daylight so your kids can wear themselves out. If not, they're like little spider monkeys bouncing around inside so the house, and nowhere to burn off their energy. So you get them up early, and uh, you, you you get and when the sun goes up early, and you and you put like a leash on them. And you, you know, in a stake in the ground, like you would a horse, and you let them wear themselves out before they even start heading to school, and then you do it, you know, one more time. What, what time do they get home around three thirty ish? Yeah, yeah. So three thirty to four thirty, that's a good hour, man. Just you know, dangle carrots or something, and have them like you know chase each other around the yard. You're underestimating the adrenaline of children. <laughs> no, I, I. <laughs> I'm actually not. I'm I'm surrounded by them more than I would like to be, and uh, I'm always like, God, really? What the hell? Uh, that one oh, hour way, is not enough for mine. By the way, <laughs> once again, and I expect more of this. Uh, the Sun Bowl uh, it just broke across the the bottom line. The Sun Bowl has been canceled, so I think a lot of bowl games are going to be canceled, which doesn't really affect me this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Doesn't hurt. I mean, I don't know why they wouldn't be canceled. If you're not going to have fans in the stands, why are you putting up millions? I don't know why you'd have any of them. I don't, I, any of them, other than the playoffs, because they're such big bull. Or I, I guess any of your Power Five, because there's so much uh, television money involved. I don't know why you would have any of it. Because you're going yeah, to have to pay. Do. You, you, you got to pay these jackasses to come in and play. I don't know what the fee is each time, but it's usually pretty hefty. I don't know what the Sun Bowl gets, but I'd say most teams get about a million dollars. Yeah, they're not going to – they've all been sitting here waiting to go, well, are we going to have fans? Are we going to have fans? No. It's December and there's an outbreak. Yeah, that's it. It's over. I think you're going to have bowl games in, like, Florida, and that'll be it because DeSantis will just let them play a bowl game out there on the interstate. He doesn't give a damn. He's like, come on, bring, bring in the money. Bring it in. Bring it in. All right, brother. Well, we'll see you uh, tomorrow for – a uh, big-time football Wednesday, uh, only in 2020. Uh, hopefully, we actually get that game. I hope. I'm kind of. I'm still bummed out we don't have it today. But I know, you, man. I was looking forward to that tonight. Wednesday afternoon, get the hell out of here. I mean, come on. There's yeah. EPL to be watched or something. I don't, I don't need NFL in the middle of 340. It gets dark early. <laughs> All right, man. All right, man. <laughs>
<laughs> we'll be back in a flash show on the armchair quarterbacks. Keep it locked in. CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the armchair quarterbacks on CBS Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good morning, and this is your armchair quarterbacks sports flash. Major League Soccer Western Conference semifinals start today, 9.30 Eastern, Seattle versus Dallas. Thursday, SKC versus Minnesota. Those two will meet Monday, Western Conference Championship game. Sunday, in case you missed it, Orlando lost to New England, Nashville lost to Columbus. Those two will square off Columbus versus New England, 3 p.m. Sunday afternoon. For those of y'all looking for hockey, we've got college hockey. Double header today, 6.30 p.m. Holy Cross versus Bentley, and at 8.35, St. Cloud State at Western Michigan. Top 25 college men's basketball action today, Texas is at Indiana. Longhorns are ranked number 17 in the country. That game's at 1.30 p.m. At 4 o'clock, St. Francis at Virginia. Cavaliers are ranked 15th after their upset loss last week. Green Bay is at number 4, Wisconsin. 5 o'clock on the Big Ten Network. Omaha's at Creighton at 5. Villanova, number 12 in the country. At Hartford, that game's on ESPN2. We've got a great doubleheader tonight. Number 8, Michigan State is at number 6, Duke. That game is on ESPN at 7.30. At 9.30, Number 20, Kentucky, is at number 7, Kansas. That game is also on ESPN. Outside the top 25, 6 p.m. Eastern on the ACC Network, Western Kentucky are at the Louisville Cardinals. In the SEC, Vanderbilt's game was canceled, so we shift over to the Big Ten. Oakland is at Purdue on the Big Ten Network. At 9 p.m., the BTN has Nebraska hosting South Dakota. And in the Pac-12 at 2.30 Eastern, Southern Cal takes on BYU. Both teams are undefeated on ESPN2. It's good to see someone's finally playing BYU in something. And that's your Armchair Quarterback's wake-up show, CBS Sports Flash. Stay tuned for more of the Armchair Quarterbacks on these CBS affiliates, our Facebook Live, and the Armchair Quarterbacks app. Tap that app today. Now, I don't want them to gain another yard. You blitz all night. If they cross the line of scrimmage, I'm going to take every last one of you out. You make sure they remember forever the night they played the Titans. Armchair Quarterback Radio Show. We cover the whole SEC all season long. Now first and goal, Franks, jump pass, hello T-ball! From going deep, high arcing shot, it is hard in! Terry Godwin, and he stays up! Godwin dances into the end zone, 75 yards! Talk about all flushed out of the pocket, he'll run with it, he's got the first down and more! Still on the run, he is gone! Touchdown Alabama! Second down and 10, Garantano over the middle! Chandler, it's a race to the end zone, and he wins it. 42 yards. Touchdown, Tennessee. What a great. This is Armchair. If you're looking for gifts, 
or stuff for yourself from all teams, from all sports, it's MVP Collectibles in the St. Augustine Outlets Mall. Suite 245 across from the food court, MVP Collectibles has all 32 NFL teams. Every SEC, every ACC, teams from the Big Ten, and 10 different Major League Baseball teams. That's MVP Collectibles. It's where the armchair quarterbacks can be found just before game day to get our man cave popping no matter what team you love. Good morning. Good morning. It's time to wake your sleepy head. Wake up, y'all. It's time to get up with the armchair quarterbacks. The world of sports is changing every morning. So wake up, y'all, with the armchair quarterback radio show. It's time to get up out of Last segment of the Armchair Quarterbacks radio show and Facebook Live. We're talking baseball. That's the Armchair Quarterbacks talking baseball. The last segment of the Armchair Quarterbacks radio show and Facebook Live. Yeah, I was born a Cardinal fan. A swing and a miss, and Jim Schwartz's defense is not a blitzing defense. See if they get pressure rushing four here. They do bring the extra man this time on third and 13. Wilson will take a deep shot. Metcalf is there and he's got it. DK Metcalf down to the one. 52 yard gain. And he's got 101 yards tonight receiving already. It's not a Tyreek Hill kind of night, not yet. We'll see. Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks. As we are riding shotgun with you here on CBS Sports Radio's number one sports station and uh, getting ready for another, another big day of sports. You know, there's a lot of college uh, basketball on today. We'll get into that in a second. There's there's more games that people probably realize. Um, of course, one thing I do want to get into real quick with the Major League Baseball free agency market that's going on. It's been kind of slow. It's been a little quiet. But we've got the winter meetings that are beginning. They traditionally uh, excuse me, begin on a Sunday evening. They normally go to a hotel somewhere, a big hotel, like in San Diego or you know, they've done it in Orlando. This year, they're going to do it virtually. That may lead to one or two things. That may lead to a hell of a lot more movement because these guys are not going to be going from guys and gals uh, are not going to be ha- having to go from room to room and da 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 da. It's going to be straight bones, you know, to the bones business of jumping in on Zoom calls, jumping on telephone calls conference calls, you name it, but they're all going to be set up in the comfort of their own 
offices, maybe even their own homes. And, and for some instances, I'd say most of them are going to do it from their offices because they want to have no distractions. You, know, you don't want to be almost about to complete a blockbuster trade to bring Blake Snell to the San Diego Padres and the doorbell rings because it's Christmas time and Amazon's dropping something off, right? Because your wife had to have a pair of socks sent lickety split so she could get it over, you know, you know get it mailed off or whatnot. So I'd say they're probably still going to do it from a location, most likely their their facility, unless it's unless it's not being allowed. I could see some instances where it's not going to be allowed in certain areas of the country to get together. We all know what Santa Clara is pulling, so there's no telling what the what the uh, what the Oakland A's or the San Francisco Giants or Los Angeles Dodgers, Angels, Padres. They might all be dealing with some crazy, crazy rules right now. But I'm I'm going to be interesting to see. I can't. I love the hot stove. I love it. I wish it were a situation where it took place when it wasn't football season. Because I could watch MLB Network 24-7 during the hot stove period if it wasn't for the fact that you feel like you're going to miss out on on something really important, including you know anything in the NFL. And then, of course, college football and everything like that is, is always going on. Um, I just... There's so much more movement in that particular sport than any other sport. Trades are made more often. Bigger trades, free agency acquisitions. In the NFL, you know, it, not that I dislike the NFL free agency situation, but it seems like it all comes in a rush and then it's over. It does not trickle in, which is good and bad because it does get exciting Especially that the, that first year when they did the pre NFL free agency, it seemed like there was so much stuff going on for like forty eight hours, and then of course it all peters out, and there's nothing. But it, it's a really cool made for TV event now. Um, you have so many situations where guys are getting signed, and it's being leaked forty eight to seventy two hours before the free agency is even official. Same thing with the NBA. It all comes rushing you at once, and then it's over. The Major League Baseball free agency is great because it'll trickle in through the entire offseason. What's maddening about it is when you get long, prolonged time periods. A couple of years ago, it was like this way, where you had so many big-name free agents. They didn't get signed. They didn't get signed till like, some of them weren't. I, I believe um, J.D. Martinez of the Red Sox a few years back, he was not signed until the middle of March. I know they had already started spring training. By the way, uh, good news for Red Sox fans. Erod, who missed all of last year because of COVID nineteen, by the time he got healthy, they just said, eh, "Don't don't don't come back. We stink. We don't need you getting hurt." Um, he has agreed to a one-year, eight million dollar deal, avoids ob- arbitration, and he will be a free agent at the end of this year. So, good news for Red Sox fans. 
And, of course, if the Red Sox go out, and they just showed Adam Schefter running the 40 at the Combine. (laughs) All I need to know about Adam Schefter is the way he ran. I I don't believe I've ever seen that before or ever paid attention to it. He barely moves his arms when he runs. That's your NFL reporter for uh, ESPN. That's your number one NFL source on ESPN. He runs like he's never ran before. So there you have that. Um, Speaking of major, well, we're going to get into some free agent talk here in the next segment, but real quick, I want to go and play a little game called contenders or pretenders in the national football league because the NFL has got a list of teams out there that they're looking at as playoff bound, playoff possibilities, et cetera, et cetera. But what I'm talking about is not whether you're a pretender or a contender to make the playoffs. We are sitting in week 12 of the National Football League. Week 12, which means by tomorrow, everyone will have played about 11 games. I think there's still a couple of oddballs. Like, I want, oh, um, Tampa Bay is off this week, and they obviously have an, an, another team that's off with them. I haven't looked at it. Um, but anyways, uh, they are number one with the bullet. They're going to be off this week. I'm trying to figure out who it is that they're off with, but anyways, it's, it's not really important to, to what we're doing here. Um, every team's going to be through 12 games at the end of this week. I think this is the last of the bye weeks even with all the crazy stuff, I think you're going to have the very last of all the bye weeks. So I thought it would be good fun to play. Are they a contender or pretender to make the Super Bowl? Not to make the playoffs. No one gives a crap about if you can make the playoffs. It's are you a contender or pretender to actually make a Super Bowl run? Because the fact of the matter is they're going to let so many teams into the playoffs this year I don't even know if it's big news that you make the playoffs. You're going to have at least 14. You might have 16. They're talking about letting 16 teams in. If they would have had to punt this game, the the, the Baltimore-Pittsburgh game that's now being pushed to tomorrow, if they have to punt, punt that to a Week 18, that will be the first example. And if that happens, I'm telling you right now, they're gonna if they if they if they if they have to push push it to a week eighteen game, even if it's the one game, they're gonna go ahead and say that's it. We're gonna let sixteen teams in. It's gonna be done by percentage. Here's the real ripper for Steelers fans. Let's say they do that, and you're trying to go undefeated. They end up saying. You know what? To hell with that game. We're not going to play it. We're going to go off a winning percentage. It's the only game we have to remake, right? Do you realize the asterisk that would be put on that team, even if they went 15-0 and and became the first team to go and win the Super Bowl? 
which I think at that point, see, 15-0, and 0 and they would not get a bye week. So that's 18. That would be make them 19-0, and 0, if my math's correct. Because they wouldn't get a bye week because if they go to 16 teams, they're getting, getting rid of the bye week. Can you imagine going 19-0 and 0 and someone stepping up and saying, eh, but you didn't play the full 16 game and the asterisk is thrown on there. Not saying by the league, the league wouldn't do it. But can you imagine being that? And oh, how mad you would be at the Ravens. How pissed would you be if you are a Steeler fan, if you know, if that were to happen? That's why the Steelers want to play that game tomorrow. They don't want to just get it in for obvious reasons. But, hey, they get a chance to play the Ravens with man down. Now, I just saw a report that came out that said J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram will be eligible to play tomorrow. They're going to fly separately from the team because they have they're now testing negative, but they have to test negative another day, which would be tomorrow, and they would fly in the day of the game. I guess the rest of the team is supposed to fly in tonight, but the day of the game they're going to they're going to fly in and or Hell, they might drive in. I mean, that's Baltimore to Pittsburgh. It's not that far of a drive. Um, but regardless, there's a possibility the two of them could play tomorrow, which means if they do, they're going to get up early. And uh, with a 340 kickoff, you want to be by the stadium, bare minimum, 12, 12 noon, 1 p.m. local time or Eastern time. Um, so... There's that being added to it. So I, I haven't heard anything, any news about Lamar Jackson, whether he might be cleared. But those two are cleared as of now, but they have to test negative one more day. So there you have it. Um, which actually plays into Baltimore's favor now. So here we go. Contenders or pretenders? Make this pretty, pretty simple. Um, if they are a contender, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to hit the boxing bell. If they are a pretender, I don't really have anything set up. So uh, we'll just go with the boxing bell. Yay and nay. Um, the Seattle Seahawks, I definitely think that they are a contender. They, their defense is starting to play a little better. They're getting guys healthy like Chris Carson. I know he wasn't overly used last night, but that was to be expected in a game they were trying to wean him back in. As many, as many touches as Carlos Hyde got, and I know he had some flashes of brilliance there, there's no denying that Chris Carson is the best running back on that field when, when he's healthy and whatnot. Seattle is a much better team with Chris Carson on that field. Their defense can play just a little better. It's not out of the realm of possibility for, for Seattle to, to make a run. San Francisco, right now I've got to go with the With no real quarterback play, I get it. They swept the Rams. But sometimes you just have a team's number. That doesn't necessarily mean that you are a team that is going to take out other teams. 
You just have that team's number. Arizona Cardinals, eh. they keep losing games that I feel like they should have won. They should have beaten the Dolphins at home. They should have been they should have been able to go on the road and find a way to beat New England. And so I've got to put them as as a pretender right now. The Los Angeles Rams. I'm going to go with contender. I feel like the Rams are actually a very good football team. They didn't play great on Sunday, but when you look at them top to bottom, they have one of the best defenses in the league. They've got a running game that's starting to develop. They've got a coach that can put them in the right place at the right time. And they've got a quarterback that is, I don't even want to call him serviceable because that makes it sound like it's a, it's a slam to him. Jared Goff is a good NFL quarterback. No, he's not. Patrick Mahomes, and that's what everyone, that's what every chucklehead's always going to go out there and go, well, he's, he's okay, but he's not. Don't look at his fantasy numbers. Look at how he is as a quarterback. You can win games with Jared Goff. The Green Bay Packers. Contender. We all know what they can do when they're hitting on all cylinders. Aaron Jones. Devontae Adams. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is one of the best to ever do it. And that defense, they play, they're kind of in the Seattle range. Their defense is good enough to get it done. In a possible situation where that could be Seattle versus the Packers in the NFC Championship game. We saw it last year. And the Packers' defense was more than formidable. So I've got to put them in there. I guess if you're a pretender, we're going to do the beer. Because, you know, it's it's time to start just drinking and and uh, realizing that you're only... You might make the playoffs, but that's about it. So the entire NFC East... Yeah, that's a, that's a no-go. You're, you're just not going to make it... To any, I'd be surprised if the winner of the NFC East makes it out of the first round. There's a possibility. If you get a team that's, that's got lightning in a bottle, so to speak, like a Giants team with a healthy Daniel Jones, maybe they can pull off an upset, but I don't think it's very likely. The next team. The Bears and the Vikings, we'll go ahead and put them together so so we can get through this a little faster. The Bears and the Vikings, pretender. I'm sorry, but you're a pretender. There's no way that Bears offense is a playoff team, much less a threat to the Super Bowl. And the Vikings, you've just been too damn inconsistent. I was starting to, to, to drink the Vikings Kool-Aid there for a minute. And then they lose at home to the, the Cowboys, and that just that just did it in for me. It was a great come-from-behind victory that they had against Carolina on Sunday. Don't get me wrong. And they may very well sneak into the playoffs. Because with Arizona playing as bad as they will, as they have, you could get 
the Vikings in the playoffs. If we end up with eight teams on each conference, I definitely think definitely think the Vikings get in the playoffs. Right now, they're on the outside looking in. AFC. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, NFC. The Saints. Drew Brees will be back. The Saints will be fine. The Buccaneers. Both of them. This is the one in the NFC that I'm like, man, you could talk me into either argument because they have not performed against the elite teams. But you could see them being so close. They should have been blown out of the water by Kansas City as poorly as they played in the first half. They found a way. They found a way. AFC, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, I think you got to put them in as easy, easy contenders. We know why. Their offenses run at a high octane, and Kansas City's got a better defense than people realize. Pittsburgh's defense is obviously elite. The Tennessee Titans, they've lost some games that you shake your head at, but look, when they are hitting on all cylinders and they're playing the way they played against Indianapolis this past Sunday, that is a tough team to beat. And it is a team that travels well and plays well in cold weather. We saw it last year. Now, they're still going to have their issues if they have to run into the Chiefs. But everybody else in the AFC, I, I think I think the Titans will... I don't know. I, I won't go out on a limb and say that, that they're as good as the Steelers, but that game that they put against the Steelers came down to the wire, so the proof is in the pudding. Tennessee could pull off an upset in Pittsburgh. It's not out of the realm of possibility. And Pennsylvania's not going to have fans. So there's no home field advantage, per se. And if Tennessee doesn't go out and lay an egg like they did in the first half against Pittsburgh, they'll be fine. They will be just fine. So I, I've got to put the Tennessee Titans in as a contender. The Buffalo Bills with that team healthy, they could be scary. But they are one of those teams that everything's going to have to go right. With the maturation of their offense, it looks like their defense is taking a step back. I don't know if the defense was being disguised because they were on the field less last year because it was a ball control offense and now it's more of a high octane. Now they're getting out on the field. They're getting exposed. Maybe that has something to do with it. But regardless, Buffalo is a dangerous team and you'll have to go up there and play in Buffalo. Even without fans, that is still a home field advantage. Nobody wants to go into Buffalo in January. The Ravens. Just like Tampa Bay, you could argue you could argue me into either one. I think right now they're on the outside looking in, but if they can get their offense squared away and figure out how to start moving the ball more consistently with Lamar Jackson, get a passing game going, then I believe that Baltimore could be in the conversation for a deep run. They, just like the Tennessee Titans, that team would do well on the road. They're a cold-weather football-built team. A suffocating defense. 
a decent run game. Their big question is, can they move the ball through the air? Can they get the ball into the hands of Marquise Brown? Seven to eight yard hook routes to Mark Andrews, who's, who's wide open because of the threat of the run, is not a passing game. They've got to, get, they've got to go to the next level. The Oakland Raiders, along with the Browns, along with the Colts and the Dolphins, I'll put them all together. They are pretenders. Not to make a Super Bowl run. There's too many question marks. With the Dolphins, it's their offense. That defense is very good, but they struggle to find the running game from time to time, and then we don't know who their quarterback's going to be by the time we hit January. I think they have a better chance of making a run with Fitzpatrick, to be honest with you. Two has got so many limitations as a rookie, but either way, Fitzpatrick is not navigating through an entire playoff in the AFC. The Colts, they too have way too many question marks, and to be able to go three consecutive wins in the AFC to make the Super Bowl, I just don't see it. Erratic quarterback play. They've got a great running game. The quarterback play has been questionable at best. It's what I expected from Rivers. We talked about this at the beginning of the year. He's decent, but he's not what you consider a good or great quarterback anymore. Phil Rivers is heading to the Hall of Fame. Whether people want to believe it or not, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's just not a Hall of Fame quarterback in 2020. The Browns, their biggest question mark is quarterback. You cannot rely on someone like a Baker Mayfield who has this gunslinger mentality but doesn't have near the talent to pull it off. He wants to be Brett Favre. But he doesn't have near the talent to pull it off and something between the ears does not fit sometimes with him. It, it just doesn't work. You'll sit there and you'll watch him go two, three series. You're like, man, he's really playing well. And then you'll see him make a boneheaded play. We talked about this on Monday. How the hell did he miss that receiver who was wide open in the end zone? It was like a seven-yard pass. He could have rainbowed it. There was not a safety in sight. And instead, he got over-anxious like a rookie or like a freshman, high school freshman quarterback is what he looked like. Because even a freshman in college nowadays would not have missed this pass. And he rifled it a fastball in there about 108 miles an hour, two feet over the receiver's head. Receiver's going, what are you doing? I'm wide open. That's why you can't, you, you can't rely on them. And the Raiders, they've just got too many question marks. Their defense struggles, lack of pass rush. Derek Carr's highly inconsistent. Now we don't know what the hell's going on with the running game. Jacobs doesn't seem to be what everyone thought he was going to be going into this year. They'll be fortunate to make the playoffs at this point. And the Patriots. <laughs> but Cam Newton is. <laughs> but Bill Belichick's one of the greatest. <laughs> Patriots are not going to win three games in a row if they sneak into the playoffs. On the road, Cam Newton, get the hell out of here. I seriously doubt that he actually makes the playoffs, he being Cam Newton. But if somehow they sneak into the playoffs through the back door, they're going to be one and done. Imagine Cam Newton, first round of the playoffs, trying to go into Kansas City or Pittsburgh. 
All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to put a cap on this show and uh, dive into a couple of free agent rumors that we're hearing. We'll be back in a flash here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Keep it locked in here to CBS Sports Radio. Visit Shane Company for meaningful holiday gifts. Our in-house design team creates unique styles of fine jewelry in every price range. Exquisite symbols crafted with superior standards and made to last a lifetime. We have a variety of diamond infinity designs to symbolize your everlasting love. We're also known for our natural and vibrant rubies, which represent enduring passion. Or select a stylish necklace with a stone in her favorite color or her birthstone, so you'll always be close to her heart. Our jewelry consultants in the store and online will help you find something beautiful to put under the tree. Your gift will be a symbol of your love that will be treasured forever. Now you have a friend in the jewelry business, Shane Company and Shaneco.com. Open weekdays 10 till 8, Saturday 10 till 5, and Sunday noon till 5. It's the 21st century, and there are just so many fun and exciting ways to lose your money. So many ways to make your life even more interesting with crippling financial burdens. Why not one more way? New in Canada, it's Solitaire MMORPG. Play with yourself online. See other people playing with themselves online. Poverty Poker Online, now offering Solitaire. A new way to lose all your money, even your home, from the comfort of your own home. Fantasy Sports is back, and it's time to jump into DraftKings. Go to DraftKings today at DraftKings.com. Golf, NASCAR, soccer, you name it. And of course, Major League Baseball, basketball, hockey, and football are on the way. Go to DraftKings.com, listen to the Armchair Quarterbacks for DFS advice all year round. We are the Armchair Quarterback Show, your first choice for sports talk live from the First Coast. Second down and goal. From the 16, try it on the ground with Chris Carson. Picking and choosing his way, trying to stay on his feet, and he'll get there. Touchdown, Chris Carson from 16 yards away. Leather boots are still in style for manly footwear. Beads and Roman sandals won't be seen. Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks. Football still. We are uh, riding shotgun with you here. On CBS Sports Radio, the Armchair Quarterbacks app, and Facebook Live. Find us on Facebook Live today. Love to hear from you. Uh, Armchair Quarterbacks Wake Up Show. Uh, Once again, uh, we do have a phone number anyone wants to call in. Um, The number to call is 646-558-656, and then it's going to ask you for an extension number. That extension number is 802 Zero zero nine fifty five thirty four pound. You're like, how am I going to remember all that? Go to the Facebook page and we put it in the comments. You can just copy and paste the damn thing. We don't expect you to remember all that. You just copy and paste it and away you go. Um, 
and uh, we'd love to hear from anybody on any topic that you want to talk about, you know, within reason, right? Um, but let's go ahead and get back into the world of sports. Let's get back into baseball. You've got some free agency questions that are going to be coming up. I figured we'd hit this up before we, we take off here. You know, JT Real Muto, 30 years old, free agency, and he he declined a qualifying offer from Philadelphia back in November, which should be expected. It looks like to me that the two main people that they're going to be trying to go for or the two main teams that Real Muto appears to be in play for is either to go back to his original team in Philadelphia, not his original team, his original team was the Miami Marlins. They're not going to foot that kind of cash. Either go back to the Phillies or the one that has really been circling, circulating here recently is the New York Mets. The New York Mets look like they are a team that could make some big splashes, and you're going to hear their name a lot here in this segment. But the New York Mets, if they were to get a real multo with that pitching staff, I think that would be huge for them. So we look to see what happens there. Next, next guy up on the docket. And you do have other catchers out there, but no one close to jail, J, JT Real Muto. They're, they set this line, uh, set the standings up through war. The next best war is 35-year-old Tyler Flowers. Jason Castro. And this is why I have a hard time with war. They've got Yadier Molina below all three of those guys. McCann, that's James McCann, not Brian McCann, who's retired. James McCann, who's 31. Tyler Flowers, 35. And Jason Cassius, who's 34. I get it that Yadier Molina's 38. But that guy commands a pitching staff like no other. And if that's what you're lacking for a playoff run, there is no one better than, than Yadier Molina for, for the next year or two. And he doesn't have the offensive prowess for a 162 season that Real Muto has. But you cannot deny his leadership and his defensive ability. Offensively, he's probably now around a 275 hitter with very little pop. But he seems to step up big time in the playoffs. Always has. He'll get that double down the line. He'll get that key base hit. So I cannot put McCann, Flowers, and Castro above Yadier Molina. I think he probably ends up back in St. Louis, but there are rumors circulating about him. Mets, Yankees, White Sox, you name it. First basemans. Carlos Santana is the biggest thing. He's really more of a DH at this point. But Carlos Santana is, is, is the big name. Second base is where it gets interesting. B. 
because DJ LeMayhew is a free agent. He's the number one second baseman by far. Colton Wong, who has a see this is what gets me. Colton Wong's war is 5.0. DJ LeMayhew is 7.8. And you're gonna try to tell me that Colton Wong's war wins above replacement, meaning that if he goes out. You're trying to tell me that Colton Wong is more valuable for wins a season than Yadier Molina. That's that's why I have a problem with war. They're saying Yadier Molina is 1.7. But Colton Wong is a five. Get the hell out of here. Colton Wong's been a defensive liability his whole career. He gets hot and he can hit well when he's hot. And it was a short season this past year, and he had a pretty decent season. But we've seen that guy go through peaks and valleys. It's DJ LeMayhew, and the rest is just secondary players. There's not much of a difference between Colton Wong and Jonathan Villar. According to the war, there is, but those, those of us that have eyes and watch the actual games know differently. Third base is interesting. You've got Justin Turner. Justin Turner's war is lower than Colton Wong. Justin freaking Turner. Get the hell out of here with this. Justin Turner has been money for years with the Dodgers. I know he got a lot of flack because of the COVID situation at the end of the season. But Justin Turner has been a money player. Short stops are interesting. You've got Marcus Simeon, who I think he's well overrated at 8.8 war. I mean, that come on. But uh, Didi Gregorius. And then you've also got Angelton Simmons. I know a lot of people probably haven't paid attention to him since he left Atlanta to go out there to the left coast and basically go into oblivion because he's playing for an Angels team that's never on national television anymore because they're not winning. And when they are on national television... They're playing at like 1.30 in the morning. But Andrelton Simmons is one of the greatest defensive shortstops I have ever seen. And his offense has gotten a lot better. He's not elite by any stretch of the imagination. But if you watch Andrelton Simmons, now he is what you would call a veteran bat in your lineup. He doesn't have all the holes and he doesn't swing it just wildly. Angelton Simmons was never going to be Corey Seager at the plate. But I'll tell you what, he's one of the, he's as close as we've seen to Omar Vizquel or Ozzie Smith in a long, long time. It, it's just it's a shame that he gets buried out there. Left fielders, they're looking at Michael Brantley being the, the top guy. It's being inter it's interesting because he's being rumored to possibly go to Atlanta. He's 34 years old. Five and a half war. He's a very good batter. I don't know if Atlanta is going to want a pony up for Michael Brantley. 34 years old, he might they might be able to get a cheaper deal out of him. But do you want a left-handed batter behind Freeman to hit to Freeman? It makes it so much more difficult when it's a right-handed power bat like Ozuna. The next best of the, of the kittle there is uh, Brett Gardner at 37 years old. 
I believe Brett Gardner, though, is going to resign with the Yankees. I think he's going to give him a club-friendly deal. He's fine with platooning because he likes being a Yankee. He's been a Yankee his whole time. I don't see him leaving. Jock Peterson's an interesting one. Remember, he was almost traded to the Angels. So I don't believe the Dodgers are going to sign him. But that guy tends to step up in the postseason. Regular season, eh. Swings for the fences, hits for a low average. Man, postseason, he tends to come up in big, big situations. The prize, the one that everybody wants. Marcel, uh, excuse me, I jumped ahead of myself. George Springer, 31 years old. He's going to be looking for a four or five-year deal. He's probably looking for five. And in heart of hearts, he probably wants a six or seven-year deal. I just don't see anyone giving him that in this time. George Springer is another one that I think the Mets are going to go hard for. All-around great player, defensive player. We know what he can do with the bat. Then you got Jackie Bradley Jr. He's also a free agent. He's more of a defensive specialist, but he's gotten better with the bat over the years. He's, he, he's, he's no longer a one-trick pony. I'll be interested to see where he goes. The right fielders, that's a weak situation. That is a very weak situation. They've got Adam Eaton at the top. I would argue that the best right fielder in the free agent market did not play in 2020. That's Yasiel Puig. Maybe I could go Hunter Renfro. But he's more of uh, what what you think he could be as opposed to what he is. You have some interesting veterans that you could pull off the. You would want to sign in a platoon situation to come off the bench. You got Matt Joyce, thirty six years old. Mark Kakis, who is thirty seven. Both of them have been playing for quite some time, and they're good left handed sticks. They can play every day, but they're also something that, that would be intriguing for a team like Atlanta or Tampa Bay to bring back to help fill out their team. I'll tell you what, if he doesn't resign with Atlanta, the Tampa Bay Rays should really think about Marcakis. Marcakis would do wonders for that offense. Domingo Santana is out there too. He He's an interesting all or nothing guy. Now you get into the DHs. These are guys that are being perceived as they are no longer defensive worthy so what are we going to find out are, are they going to let us know something they have yet to say anything about whether or not we're going to have a dh in the national league and i feel like they need to know that going into the winter meetings why do we not have a yay or nay on that yet are they just not going to have one i didn't understand the point of the dh for 2020 in the national league if you're not going to do it full-time. Having a DH or not having a DH has nothing to do with COVID. But it was sold to us as so. But going into this year, will there be a DH in the National League? And if so, you've got Nelson Cruz, who's 40 years old, but man, he's still hitting at a high, high level. He wants a two-year deal wherever he goes. I feel like he's going to stay in Minnesota, but that's an interesting one to keep keep an eye on. Marcelo Zuna, 30 years old. He's the big ticket DH. Think he, want, he wants to get a four or five-year deal. He knows this is his best chance to really cash in. I know the Braves would love to have him back, but at what he's going to ask, 
And you've got a lot of young players that you're going to have to try to lock up, including Freddie Freeman, who is a free agent at the end of 2021. It'll be interesting to see what Atlanta is willing to part with to bring Ozuna back, especially if there are no designated hitters in the National League. Now, I fully expect that we're going to get a designated hitter in 2022 because the CBA comes up at the end of 2021, and what you're going to have is that's a bargaining chip. That's a big-time bargaining chip. For Major League Baseball to put on the table, what would that be, 15 brand-new jobs, high-paying jobs? That's a big-time bargaining chip. But it's just weird. If you're going to have the DH in 22, you might as well have it in 21 and just move on with it because you're hamstringing the National League teams trying to build their teams for the future because it's going to happen in 2022. Now we just have to see if we're going to have this one down dead year where we don't have it. And so a guy like Marcin is not going to – Marcelo Zuna is not going to command the kind of money he could command in Atlanta if we knew there was going to be a DH. Not that Atlanta wouldn't want to bring him back, but he's a defensive liability. So let's say you put Pache in center field. And let's say Zuna goes to left and Acuna in right. It's good offense. And two really good defensive players, and then you've got a defensive liability out there in left field with Ozuna. I would argue it's worth it, but one of the reasons why they might go with Brantley, cheaper deal, shorter deal, and away you go. All right, let's go ahead and uh, get out of here with a little turn back time and uh, birthdays. And uh, Unfortunately, we're not getting football, but, man, there's a lot of college basketball. There's a doubleheader tonight. Duke and Michigan State, and I think Kentucky, Kansas. I think it's 7 and 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Look forward to that. There's there's college basketball on all day long, by the way, y'all. Florida State fans, Florida State will play uh, tomorrow at 3 p.m. Let's go ahead and uh, hit it and quit it. Turn back time. On this date, in 1936, the second ever Heisman Trophy Award was given to Larry Kelly of Yale. What was that, 84 years ago? Heisman Trophy this year? I think it's Kyle Trask to lose. Now, Mac Jones is definitely going to be in that conversation. It might all come down to the, that SEC championship. I don't think it should. I think it should be on the body of the work of the regular season. And just because one wins or one doesn't win should have nothing to do with the Heisman Trophy. Kyle Trask has been impressive, y'all. Very impressive. Birthdays. It's your birthday today. What does that mean? Happy birthday. Remember Steve Walsh? 
quarterback for the Bears and the Buccaneers. And, of course, he played for the Miami Hurricanes. Steve Walsh. Man, is that right? He's 54 years old today. That's hard to believe. Steve Walsh is 54. Seems like it was just yesterday. Um, I think he was the on the 89 championship team for the Hurricanes. Memory serves me correct. Of course, that was back when teams played to be seniors. Or, I'm sorry, quarterbacks and, and whatnot played to be seniors. You don't see that anymore. Deshaun Jackson, NFL wide receiver, Philadelphia Eagles. He's 34 today. I feel like it's been a wasted career. From controversies to a lot of things, Deshaun Jackson has had a rough 2020 from the stupidity that he said and put out there on social media about being, well, I won't go back into that. Everybody knows what he said if you don't look it up, but uh, he was uh, very anti-Semitic. We'll just put it that way. Uh, Also, 28 years old today, coming into his prime, Javier Baez, the Chicago Cubs, If you don't watch Javier Baez on a regular basis, you're missing something special in Major League Baseball. I know I've been on record. I am not a Cubs fan one way or the other. Could care less about the Cubs. But Javier Baez is something special, and I expect him to just get a little better this year. As good as he's been, I I I expect great things from Javier Baez. Okay, we're going to go ahead and get out of here tomorrow. Baltimore, Pittsburgh, we look forward to that. Sean O'Toole will be with us. We look forward to that. Justin Waller as well. We'll be doing our top five. Remember the NFL, uh, excuse me, the College Football Playoff Committee, they will release their top 25 tonight. We're going to release ours tomorrow, and we'll debate on where they went wrong, because we all know they're going to go wrong. They're they're wrong every every week. We'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Goodbye. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time, same back channel. Thanks for listening to Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast. (laughs) Armchair Quarterback Radio comes your way every day. Find Armchair Quarterbacks Radio on Facebook today. And don't forget to tap that app. The Armchair Quarterbacks app is free to download, and you can take us anywhere you go. You can hear the whole show every day on Armchair Quarterbacks app. you haven't downloaded it yet, your Armchair Quarterbacks app is the best app you can tap today. Google Android, Apple iPhone. That's right, download it, tap that app today. You can take the Armchair Quarterbacks app anywhere. Free to download, free to use, and important to have. Download it today. Tap that Armchair Quarterbacks app. The best in Southeast sports talk. Listen live or catch the replay. I kind of like that. I want to tap that.